In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. King Herod had heard about Jesus, since by now his name was well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has risen from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, He is Elijah. Others again, He is a prophet, like the prophets we used to have. But when Herod heard this, he said, It is John whose head I cut off. He has risen from the dead. Now it was this same Herod who had sent to have John arrested and had him chained up in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had told Herod, It is against the law for you to have your brother's wife. As for Herodias, she was furious with him and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod was afraid of John, knowing him to be a good and holy man, and gave him his protection. When he had heard him speak, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. An opportunity came on Herod's birthday, when he gave a banquet for the nobles of his court, for his army officers and for the leading figures in Galilee. When the daughter of this same Herodias came and danced, she delighted Herod and his guests. So the king said to the girl, Ask me anything you like, and I will give it to you. And he saw her in oath. I will give you anything you ask, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? She replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried straight back to the king and made her request. I want you to give me John the Baptist's head here and now on a dish. The king was deeply distressed, but thinking of the oaths he had sworn and of his guest, he was reluctant to break his word to her. So the king at once sent one of the bodyguards with orders to bring John's head. The man went off beheaded him in prison. Then he brought the head on the dish and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about this, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord St. John the Baptist was one of the most favorite subjects of the great Renaissance painter, Michelangelo Merisi da Caravaggio, or simply Caravaggio. Apart from the youthful depictions of the Baptist, this painter painted at least three narrative scenes of John's death. It seems to me at least that to some extent Caravaggio identified with the Baptist both in the early days when his star was rising and in the latter days when his own death stopped him. One of these three paintings mirrored Caravaggio's own experience of languishing in the dungeons of the Knights of Malta. His ascent to fame and relevance in this ancient order 
followed by his fall and humiliation, was swift and dramatic. The crime that brought about this fall is unrecorded and a subject of much speculation. Poetic justice had him defrocked in absentia as a foul and rotted member by the order about six months after his induction. The ceremony took place in the oratory before the very painting of death. The death of St. John the Baptist that had been commissioned by the order as an altarpiece. The same order that had heaped praises on Caravaggio when he first came to them had turned on him in just a short while. It seems to be an inversion of the dynamics between Herod and John the Baptist. The Gospels portray a gradual pattern of Herod's relationship with John the Baptist. It started out as one of hate and anger as John confronted Herod over his scandalous and sinful marriage to Herodias. For a despotic ruler, usually surrounded by flattering courtiers, to suddenly be called out on his actions, and even worse, to have his wife and the legitimacy of his marriage challenged, must have infuriated Herod. Angry with John, Herod threw him in prison, and his wife clamoured for John to be executed. Herod would have been both angry and afraid of John because of the latter's popularity and influence among the people. But the dynamics of their relationship gradually changed over time. His fear and hatred eventually gave way to admiration and respect. We can only speculate that after many private conversations with the Baptist in his dungeon and having heard reports of his teaching and exploits, Herod concluded that John was a good and holy man and gave him his protection. Even after John's death, Herod's attitude shifted from confidence of John's death to one of almost paranoia, that John had risen from the dead. The pattern of St. John's ministry, life and death, mirrors that of the one whom he had dedicated his entire life to Herod. No wonder Herod would mistake Jesus as such as John the Baptist risen from the dead. Little did he know that it would be Jesus that will rise from the dead and become, and because of his resurrection, all those who had died in fidelity to God's purpose and those who had died for their faith in Christ will indeed rise from the dead. Our Lord too will appear to ascend in the estimation of the crowds. He will be admired, adulated, followed by so many who wish to keep his company. And yet in the last week of his earthly ministry, everything will be drastically changed. Penned in by his enemies, the crowds will abandon him. His friends will disassociate themselves from him. And even one whom he counted as intimate will betray him. Our Lord is the epitome of the hero who descends into the depths of being regarded as zero. But the Christian story does not end with his humiliation and death. In fact, this is the spark of a new beginning. From the ashes of human rejection will rise the seeds of the kingdom that will reach its pinnacle when our Lord returns in glory. If we wish to be his disciples, we too must follow the same path as our Lord and Master. Glory can only be sought in fidelity to God's will and purpose, and not by winning 
man's approvals. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.